All right. We're going to be getting into the Word of God now. We're going to talk about Sukkot again. You remember two weeks ago, those of you who were here, we talked about Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tents or Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Shelters. It's been called many different things. We're going to do a really quick recap, and I want to uh, talk about the Feast of Sukkot from a bit of a different angle. We're wrapping up the Feast of Sukkot. Actually, to today, actually yesterday, technically, would have been the end of the Feast of Sukkot. It would have started last Saturday, uh, officially, and went all the way through today. Uh, and, and so, if you'll remember right, and I won't get into the details of this, if, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back, go to gatheringviridian.org, click on our podcast area, and you can listen to the audio from two weeks ago when I first talked about Sukkot and gave possible evidence as to the birth of Christ, that Christ very possibly was born during, in the fall during the Feast of Sukkot or the Feast of Tents. Now you have some theologians that will say, well, he was born in the spring and whatnot. I really don't think that the Lord, you know, I don't think the Bible includes the date because, you know, we don't want to necessarily worship the date. We want to worship the Savior that was born. And uh, so, but, but it's really interesting. It shines new light on the Feast of Tents. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that so that you can see that, hey, the Feast of Tents was in some ways celebrating a foreshadowing of the birth of Christ, that the glory of God would come and dwell in a tent or a body. Amen. The word became flesh. We'll get into that here in just a moment. But I want to talk to us today about Sukkot, the human touch for the human race. God created us to need each other. We respond the greatest if we can connect to people Say, even people that go, ah, I'm not really a people person. I like being alone. Well, you're more of a people person than you understand because I guarantee you if you were secluded on an island with nobody else, someone says, oh, that sounds like heaven. No, I, within a few weeks, you would start, things would start breaking down for you mentally and emotionally. I promise you that. So even if you're not a people person, you're around people a whole lot more than what you think. And you need that interaction. God created us that way. And so for us to encounter God he graciously robed himself in flesh and was born as Christ because God realized we need a human touch for the human race. We need it to be able to connect in a tangible way with our God. But first, let's go back and let's talk about this Feast of Sukkot, just as a, a recap. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 13 this is Moses giving instruction to his people. You must observe the festival of shelters for seven days at the end of the harvest season, after the grain has been threshed and the grapes have been pressed. This festival will be a happy time. It's supposed to be a time of celebration. It's a happy time of celebrating with your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites foreigners, orphans, and widows from your towns. So in other words, everybody gets to uh, participate in Sukkot, in the Feast of Tents. For seven days you must celebrate this festival to honor the Lord your God at the place he chooses. For it is he who blesses you with bountiful harvest and gives you success in all your work. This festival will be a time of great joy for all. So this is what Sukkot was about. It was, you know, if you remember the story of uh, the children of Israel being led out of Egypt for 40 years, he had them dwell in tents or in shelters 
out in the wilderness. And they weren't alone because the Ark of the Covenant, which was built, which contained at that time uh, the glory of God would appear on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. It represented the presence of God. It actually dwelt in a tent in the middle of all the encampment. Here's one artist rendition of what it possibly looked like. All the various tribes would be positioned uh, you know, north, south, east, west of the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was sheltered in the tabernacle tent, which was in the center of the whole encampment. So in other words, God had us dwell in shelters for 40 years in the wilderness, and he supplied all of our needs while we were going through that transition, right? Because the children of Israel got to eat uh, quail. They, got, they had manna that fell from heaven. Everything that they needed. When they needed water, he made water come from a rock. Everything they needed from uh, protection to shelter to food, water, he supplied for them. It even said that their clothes didn't even wear out for 40 years. Man, imagine having that. A shirt that lasts for 40 years. A pair of shoes that last. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Man, you talk about learning to accessorize. About the time that they say, hey, I think it's time that we cross over into the promised land. How do you know that? Because I got a hole in my sock. <laughs> you know, if I'm, <laughs> this is about time. So, so here we were tabernacling with God. That means just to dwell. God stayed with it. I mean, look at the, look at the imagery of this. And in your most wilderness, lonely places, in a, in a place of extremities. Have you ever spent time in a desert? It gets super hot during the day. It gets super cold at night. It gets super dark at night. It gets super bright during the day. It's just, just extremes. And sometimes that's how our life goes. From one extreme to another, we're getting pulled all over the place. And in the midst of our wilderness, God wants to dwell with us. You know, we think, sometimes we think if we can just level everything off, get everything back under control, then we can turn around, put our attention toward God. No, God wants to dwell with you right in the middle of your wilderness. And that's what Sukkot ultimately is about. Zechariah had a wonderful prophecy about Sukkot, or the Feast of Tents. He says in Zechariah 14, in the end, the enemies of Jerusalem, you remember two weeks ago we talked about, you know, metaphorically Israel, Jerusalem. Uh, all of that can, can you, know, you can apply to the modern day church. We can learn the lessons of Israel and Jerusalem and, and Judah, uh, the, some of the ups and downs they went through and apply them to the modern day church. Now, church, this is not church. We are a church, right? So we can apply to us. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem or the church who survived the plague will go to Jerusalem each year to worship the King, the Lord of heaven's armies, and to celebrate the festival of shelters. Now, that's what's a beautiful thought that everyone, no matter what nationality, no matter what background, no matter what area of culture they come from, everybody gets to come celebrate and everyone will have a desire to celebrate the Feast of Shelters. Well, we, we talked about two weeks ago that the Feast of Shelters was really symbolic of Christ. That there's, there'll come a day There'll come a day, and I don't know how it's all going to work out, but the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. What a beautiful thought. What a beautiful thought. Now, when I was growing up, they'd say it pretty bitter. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. You're either going to be bowing down in the flames of hell or in the glory of heaven. 
I'd rather bow down now, so get down here and give your heart to the Lord. You know, they, you know, whatever tactic they needed to have a good altar call. But, you know, but I always sat there and thought to myself, I was like, you know what? That, what a beautiful thought, though. That even your neighbor who claims to be agnostic or atheist, I don't know how God's going to work it out. I don't know how God's going to deal with their spirit. But his word promises that at some point, they're going to take a knee. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that verse here in a second. So Sukkot... It celebrates God in a tent. We were in a wilderness living in tents, but we weren't alone because God, the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God was right in the middle of us in a tent just like we were. And he was supplying all of our needs. And that's exactly what happened with Christ. John chapter 1 uh, verse 14, this is coming from the Amplified Bible. I love how it's worded. And the word Christ became flesh, human or incarnate, and tabernacled which means to fix his tent of flesh. And he lived a while. He tabernacled among us and we actually saw his glory. Remember, they knew that the glory of God was in the middle of the camp in a tent when they were wandering out of Egypt, heading into the promised land. Where's the glory of God? Oh, it's in that tent. Well, now it's saying that the glory of God, we beheld the glory of the father. It was in a, it was in a tent and it was the flesh of Christ. It was the body of Christ. Such glory as only begotten Son receives from His Father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. That's what Sukkot is all about, is celebrating Jesus. This past week, I hope you took some time to celebrate Jesus during Sukkot. Some, some folks uh, within the, the Jewish faith will set up shelters and they'll eat dinner outside. Some of them will even go as far as camping outside and, and, and spend some time uh, thinking about it. Who knows? Next year to celebrate Sukkot, maybe we'll do a, a camp out day or something, a gathering camp out day. Some of y'all are into glamping. Uh, we'll have a bunch of RVs pull up or whatever. <laughs> Say, don't put me in a tent. Put me in an RV. <laughs> Look at this though. Look, just as everybody gets a chance to gather together to celebrate Sukkot or the Feast of Tents, think about it. You remember what the prophet said, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. I hope you all had a good Christmas week this last week. <laughs> Sukkot. Romans 4.11 says this, for the scripture says, look what God says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. I don't know how he's going to work it out. We're doing our best to be a part of that, aren't we, as the body of Christ, to tell everybody we know about Jesus and the goodness of Jesus. And, and I don't know how it plays out totally. But what a beautiful thought that we have a Savior that says, hey, I'm robing myself in flesh. I'm still putting the glory inside of a tent. And I'm calling everybody to bend their knee and to submit to me as Lord. It's the same covenant that God spoke to Abraham. He said, hey, if you'll trust me 100%, if you'll leave your house, leave your family, leave your nation, leave your country, I will make you a nation. I'll give you a family name. I will provide everything for you, but you just got to trust me. We're going to be getting into that some in the book of Romans. Mark Cooper is leading our Wednesday night uh, Bible study. Brand new Wednesday. We launched a brand new Bible study in the community this past Wednesday night. And we had 10 people show up. Praise God. Amen. That gives us three Bible studies that are active this fall in the community. And, and he, man, he already started laying out 
dissecting the book of Romans for us and stuff, and what the, the Christian constitution, and part of it has to do with faith. And that's, that's why Abraham was the father of our faith, because he said, all right, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. It's the same call that Christ gives. If you will, if you will receive me as Lord, he says, as your king, Trust me, Abraham forfeited all of his rights and said, all right, God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And we don't do that very well in modern Christianity. We want God to be our Savior. You know, hey, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, yeah, we all want to get saved. But have you made him your Lord, your kingship? Are you truly a disciple, a follower of Christ? If, if, if you're a servant of God or a slave of God, as Paul said, you forfeited all your rights. That means whatever you, whatever you need to do in life, you better run it through him. Whatever decision you want to make, run it through him. It's not all of a sudden about, hey, it's, this is what I want to do in life. It's, Lord, what, what do you want me to do in life? But yet he calls us through this whole symbolism of Sukkot, a feast of tents, and everybody gets to participate. That's what I love about it. So here, here we are. Here's, here's the crux. Now we are now tents which contain the glory of God. Now Jesus ascended on high after his resurrection. So we get to become the body of Christ. Well, the body of Christ, when he was physically here, contained the glory of God. Well, now he's allowed us through faith in him to contain the glory. So we get to celebrate Sukkot this way. This is how an ancient Jewish feast applies to us. 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. Look at what Paul says. For we know that if, this t- if the tent which is our earthly home is destroyed. In other words, he called our body tents. So if this, if this tent is destroyed or dissolved, we have from God a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now he's talking about transitioning from this physical life into eternal life. Uh, and, you know, when, when our loved ones pass away, that's what's happened. They've just folded up their tent and they've moved on. But he, it's interesting that he called our bodies tents or a shelter or a dwelling, right? 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 7, for God who said, let there be light and darkness, that same God has made this light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God. That word know there is a, it's a biblical intimacy term. So that we could become intimate with and know the glory of God. Why? Because he's put it right in here in this tent. The glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. What a wild God that he would now choose to put his glory, the, the creator of the entire cosmos, the God that contained, that our whole existence, this whole realm is contained in him. And yet he has chosen to put his glory in this tent, in these tents. So now you guys are now walking tents full of the glory and light and power of God. You get to be Jesus for somebody. You get to reflect the face of Jesus in someone's life. That's exciting. 
You don't have to come to church and say, what are you doing? Well, I'm getting up on Sunday morning. I'm going to church. I'm hoping that you'll get to a place that you say, I'm getting up on Sunday morning and I'm bringing church to the Lake Club. Because this building doesn't contain the glory of God. But all of us that show up, we're the ones that contain the glory of God. We're the church. If, if we leave out of here, this isn't church anymore, is it? Matter of fact, they use it for all sorts of things. Weddings, uh, memorials, all kind, of, all kind of festivities, you know? We're the church. Matter of fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? Notice, notice how it's worded. Do you not realize that all of you together, together you're the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now that's what's exciting. I realize sometimes on social media, usually it's about once a year, somebody gets, you know, gets all ruffled and posts on social media and kind of issues a complaint of why I don't think it's fair that some church gets to rent out the Lake, Lakeview Event and Conference Center every Sunday morning. Why do they get in? You know, like, really, what are you going to do with the Lakeview Event and Conference Center on Sunday morning? You really, you really going to get up that early in the morning? You know, but, you know, and usually they'll, they'll be a little bit, you know, it's usually an annual event, you know, I think they got it on their calendar. Ooh, this is the week I get to complain about the church. Woo! Put the decorations out. Uh, and, and if you've paid attention, we don't, there, there's never a response. We don't try to get on and defend ourselves or anything. I mean, if they want to look, hey, we sign a, there's a lease. We, we pay rent, all that good stuff. So, uh, but one of the reasons why is this. If we really believe that God is orchestrating this and that God has instituted, hey, I'm going to put a fellowship of believers right in the midst of this community that's not only going to call people together to worship me from within the community, but from the greater community. And we're all going to get together and lift up the names. If we really believe that God has orchestrated this, well, this is it. Then we are all the temple of God and he's not going to let his temple be destroyed. Amen? Amen. So he gets to fight all those fights and, you know, we give social media over to him. Hey, have at it, God. Uh, but that's the point is now Sukkot is celebrated within us. You know, does it mean that we physically have to go camp out in tent? Well, you don't necessarily have to. Some of you may enjoy it. It may do you good, you know, to take a week and camp out. But Sukkot now becomes a lifestyle the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tents, now becomes a lifestyle. Look at what Paul says in Hebrews, talking about all of us tents walking around. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What he's saying is, hey, don't stop getting together. He said, I realize some people are neglecting it. But that's why last week we had a big, come you know, back to church Sunday. We're just putting the clearing call out. If, if the biggest damage that I think COVID has done, and this is not a political statement, okay? I don't care where you want to fall on the arguments for, you know, vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask, you know, government's doing its best to keep us safe. Government caused all of this. I mean, just wherever you want to fall and anything in between, that's your business.
And, and we've had a lot of men and women that have worked hard to try to keep us safe and to treat a lot of people. And, and some of us have had loved ones that have passed away from it. And it's been hard in so many areas. But I think the biggest damage that has been done has been the separation. Because we're not supposed to be separated. We need a human touch for the human race. And say, well, we've been able to use technology, streaming, and, and we got folks that are watching our stream from home, and we love you. If you're watching it, we love you. So this is not, um, this is not an indictment of, of anyone, okay? But, but I'm just saying this. Church is not three songs and a sermon and a goodbye song. That's, that's our formula to get together and worship, but that's not church. This is church. According to what we just read, you guys are the tent. You guys are the temple. I'm the temple. You guys contain the glory of God. I contain the glory. That's why we're putting the call out. Everybody, come on back to church. Let's be as safe as possible. Come on, let's come on back to church. Why? Because I need you here. Why? Because I need to encounter God. And if I'm going to encounter God, where does he live? In this building? No. On the TV with a preacher preaching? No. Praise God for that. We hear some good preaching, men and women preaching. Is he in a song that we can play, a worship song? Praise God for worship songs. It can change the atmosphere of your whole house if you need to. But how can I experience God tangibly? By getting together with you because you contain God. Whether you like it or not, you need me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Say, man, I want to get rid of Dave. No, nope, not so fast. You need me. You can't get rid of me. You need me. Why? Because if I'm a believer, I contain, the, I contain God. I contain the Holy Spirit. We've got to come together. We need you here. We need to gather. It's important. That's why we've got, praise God, three Bible studies this fall within the community that folks could choose to go to. Why? Is, is, it, is it so that we can all become theologians? No, it's so that we can get together. And when we get together, God does something he said, where two or three are gathering in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Not when you go to a building. Praise God for buildings. We're hoping to have our own building one day when the Lord's ready. Matter of fact, here's a little commercial. I did a commercial last week. I'll do another commercial this week. Uh, uh, when Erica and I got married, seven weeks ago, Friday was seven weeks we've been married. Thank you. I almost said eight. I almost said eight. Seven weeks ago. Uh, today is 51 days ago. How's that? See, brownie points on that one. 51 <laughs> days ago. See? <laughs> we, uh, what we did, it, you know, we, we said, hey, because folks were saying, hey, we're, you know, what do y'all want? You know, what can we buy? What can we, we're like, man, we're like old people. We got everything we need, right? I mean, you know, it's not like we're young. So we, they, someone said, do you, do you have a charity that we can give to? I said, well, yeah, I work for one right here. This church. So, so what we did is uh, the, the Lord moved on Erica to, to, hey, let's start the first seeds of a building fund so that when the Lord uh, decides it's, it's time for us to get our own building, hey, we got, we got a building fund already underway. So thank you to those of you who wanted to bless us in our marriage. Uh, if uh, uh, you, you can actually go, matter of fact, it's still alive and well. The building fund's alive and well. You can go to gatheringveridian.org and click on giving, and, and there's a drop-down menu, all the different ways you can give. There's a building fund you can give. And, and because, because of you guys, and to celebrate our, our wedding, uh, we have roughly around $2,200, $2,300 in there. 
So first seeds, praise God. So I say, let's start scouting locations. Come on, man. No. But, uh, but even that is not church. We're church. We're church. Ephesians 4, 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work and helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Notice this, he makes the whole body fit perfectly, jointly fit together, one translation says. So if you say, look, I kind of want to hang out. I just don't know if I have a whole lot in common with the rest of you guys. Well, wait around. The Lord will actually show you how you fit in. Because he fitly joins you together. You start realizing that some of us have things and abilities that you don't have that, that you need. And all of a sudden you, we start discovering, oh, you, you've got some gifts and talents that we, we need that we don't have. So we need to all get together. He, he made you perfectly imperfect. Or imperfectly perfect. <laughs> he made you to need each other. He made all of us. That we've got to come together. Why? Because that's the spirit of Sukkot. We get to live in tents. And we get to dwell with God. And we get to all be together. That's why we call it the gathering. That's part of our agenda. Gather, grow, go. It's, you can't grow until you first gather. He said, hey, come together. And it helps other parts grow. 2022, we, we just had a, a staff planning session for 2022. And one of the things I said is we're going to grow a church. Doesn't, I don't know if that means numerically, but I do know we're going to be very intentional about growing us. We have to grow up in Christ and we do it by getting together and supporting each other according to this scripture. Because you got to grow. I don't care if you've been in church 30 years. If you haven't grown, that's not good. You know, every year we complain when school starts. Those of us who are parents were like, I've got to buy all new clothes because my kid grew three inches over the summer. Well, you want that. I don't know why we complain about it. If you're, if, if you're 10th graders wearing the same jeans he wore when he was in fourth grade, that, you got a problem. That's not healthy. And if folks have been sitting in church for 20 years and they haven't changed or evolved one bit, that's, that's a problem, you know? Hey, I would love for us to have 700 people in service. But, but if we can't grow 70 people, then it's not, not going to be any good for us to have 700, right? So we're going to be very instrumental and, and, and uh, uh, prayerful about, hey, what, what do we do to help us all grow? But part of it is we got to get together. Why? Because it's the spirit of Sukkot, the, the, feast, the feast of tabernacles, the feast of tents. I love a God who calls feasts. He said, to celebrate me, I want you to eat a lot. That's what, I like that. Let's all stand. The human touch for the human race. Musicians, if you'll come on back up. Amen. Hey, we are entering into a really busy time for, for our church. We've got a lot of outreach and initiatives coming up between now and the end of the year. And it will culminate with our, our candlelight service out at Inspiration Park one more time. Uh, those of you who've been there for those services, it's always sweet. It's always a precious time. And so we're, we're looking forward to opening up to the whole community for that again. Uh, and, and so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Take advantage of some of these opportunities that we have collectively to, to be the church to the community. But I also want to encourage you when you're doing it, you say, well, I, you don't understand. I'm in the middle of my wilderness. That's exactly where God wants to tabernacle with you. 
is right in the middle of your desert. And then when you start getting outside of yourself and just start loving on people and being the church, you know, whether it's volunteering for, we've, we've got a, 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 the HOA has a fall harvest coming up, a harvest fest, fall festival coming up. I forget what they're calling it. Uh, we're going to be passing out bags of popcorn that's, that's got uh, a church sticker on it and just blessing people with some popcorn for this carnival event. And, and uh, we're going to need some volunteers. Say, well, how is that sharing Jesus? How is sharing popcorn sharing Jesus? Well, you, you just pour love into people and you allow the Holy Spirit to open up conversations. But in doing so, you get to get outside of yourself and you get to start forgetting about some of your own troubles and you start seeing God's evidence of his goodness all over the place. And you wind up walking away saying, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you for putting me right in the middle of a bunch of other tents so that I could shine your glory and your face for somebody to be lifted up and draw closer to you. Amen. Let's pray. As they do this last song, I'm going to hang out on the side. If you have any prayer needs, I would love an opportunity to pray for you. Come see me. Uh, you don't have to come see me. There's nothing magical about me. If there's somebody else that's full of faith that's sitting near you, just grab their hand and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. I'm, I'm dealing with this or that. And I guarantee you there'll be brothers and sisters in here that would be honored to pray with you. Let's all pray together one more time as a church before we sing one more time and worship him. Lord, we lift you up and we thank you for the glory of the feast of shelters that we are now tents that contain your glory and help us to live accordingly. Holy Spirit, take over our, all of our life. Possess us. Help us to just surrender all of our our rights over to you and be king and Lord and ruler in all aspects. Anoint us to be your church, to share your love and your goodness and your truth with everyone. And let us do so full of grace, mercy, and joy. Lift us all up today and strengthen us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. Let's worship one more time as a church.